This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Hello, and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Monday, May 2nd, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. Top dealers trade places. Mitsubishi lets people work from their home spaces. German automakers look for alternative energy sources, while Acura goes after some of their customer sources. Plus, GM and Ford take their truck battles to the electric arena a little later in the show. First, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. I told you last week about Asbury Automotive's ambitious new targets for growth that could shake up the rankings of the top dealership groups in the U.S. With one quarter of 2022 in the books, we may already have a fair amount of reshuffling at the top. Fast-growing Lithium Motors, which rose to number two on the 2021 list compiled by the Automotive News Research and Data Center, outsold number one AutoNation by a significant margin in the first quarter. AutoNation reported selling more than 57,000 new vehicles in the U.S. during the first quarter, while Lithia reported new vehicle sales of almost 65,000. That did include an undisclosed but presumably small number sold in Canada. While Penske sold more than 45,000 in the quarter, about a third of those were in the U.K., so that indicates U.S. sales of about 30,000. That would be enough to remain ahead of Group 1, which sold 29,000, but it would trail Asbury, which topped 39,000 in the quarter, a 44% jump from a year earlier. Looking now at work-life balance, Mitsubishi Motors North America is taking a page from Silicon Valley in the contest for talent. The Japanese automaker said it will allow most of its 300 U.S. employees whose work is not site-dependent to do it from wherever they like, with no required minimum number of days in the office. A grand experiment was forced on corporate America with the onset of the pandemic, and several technology brands, including Meta, Slack, Airbnb, and Twitter, have adopted remote-first work policies going forward. Mitsubishi North America Human Resources Chief Catherine Knight said workplace flexibility is important for sourcing talent from beyond the automotive sector. You can read more about the trend at autonews.com. In Europe, Mercedes-Benz and other German automakers are looking for alternative energy sources to replace Russia as its main supplier. In retaliation for Western sanctions over the brutal invasion of Ukraine, Russia has started demanding payment for oil and natural gas in rubles instead of dollars or euros. Gazprom, Russia's majority state-owned energy corporation, cut off gas supplies to Poland and Bulgaria last week and has threatened the same in Germany, the biggest buyer of Russian energy. So automakers there are preparing for a possible shutoff of supply as well. Volkswagen Group's premium brand Audi said its supply is secure, but the automaker is in regular contact with authorities, network operators, and suppliers. BMW is, quote, monitoring the volatile situation closely and is in contact with the authorities. And mega supplier Robert Bosch said it covers 20% of its energy needs with gas, so it doesn't require a very large quantity, but some of its suppliers do, especially in semiconductor production. And in product news, 
Pricing for Acura's 2023 Integra compact sports sedan will start at $31,895, including delivery, when the vehicle returns to the market in early June. The price keeps the fifth-generation Integra on the low side of German models such as the Audi A3, Mercedes-Benz CLA, and BMW 2 Series Grand Coupe. All three of these German offerings demand a base price between $33,000 and $40,000. Acura is also including two years or 24,000 miles of scheduled service as part of its Acura maintenance program. The 2023 Integra lineup will come in two trims, a base and a sportier-styled A-spec, starting at almost $34,000 with destination. Both are powered by a turbocharged 1.5-liter inline four-cylinder engine paired with a continuously variable transmission, delivering 200 horsepower and 192 pound-feet of torque. A more performance-oriented Type S could come once the Integra starts production in Marysville, Ohio, That will be the first Integra to be built in the U.S. And that's the news you need to know. Coming up, General Motors and Ford have long been rivals in pickup sales, as the Calvin and Hobbes stickers can attest. What happens to that rivalry in the EV age? We'll get to that after the break. Listen to Fred Hayes service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130,000 in service gross. The kiosk and the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. Amid last week's earnings reports from GM and Ford were some interesting declarations about the emerging market for EV pickups. GM CEO Mary Barra said GM was number one in full-size pickup sales the past two years and fully intends to lead in electric trucks. Ford CEO Jim Farley said his company is planning another electric pickup beyond the F-150 Lightning to secure its place as the number one EV truck brand. To frame out the contest, I called up automotive news reporters Hannah Lutz and Michael Martinez, who cover GM and Ford, respectively. Michael Martinez, Hannah Lutz, welcome to both of you. Welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks for having us. Hey, Jamie. So, of course, you two cover uh, Ford and GM, uh, both of which had significant news last week, earnings news, a lot of talk about 
pickups, of course, and electric vehicles, and the perfect combination of the two, electric pickups. Mike, let's uh, start with uh, with you. As you know, we're starting to get a sense as the companies are still putting the pieces together, but we're starting to get a pretty good picture of the product lineups and the manufacturing footprint. Mike, where is Ford starting its electric pickup production, and then what comes next? Well, they're starting production of the F-150 Lightning in Dearborn at the Rouge Electric Vehicle Center, and this is connected to the sprawling Rouge complex where they make the gas-powered F-150, and that's part of the reason why they were able to get this Lightning out ahead of the competition is because it's largely built on the gas truck, and much of the bodywork still goes along the same assembly line as the gas truck, and then it moves to this EV center where it's outfitted with the battery and everything else that it needs. But after Lightning, uh, CEO Jim Farley has already said they're going to have a second electric pickup, not a next-generation Lightning, a separate vehicle, built in Tennessee at the Blue Oval City Complex that they're breaking ground on right now that's supposed to be open in early 2024, and I assume production would begin shortly after that. So we don't quite know what that'll be, but it'll be a second EV truck for them. But wasn't there also going to be, I mean, the original truck intended for the Blue Oval City was supposed to be an F-Series, but not the Lightning, right? So they've said publicly it will be an F-Series vehicle, although that raises a bunch of questions because aside from F-150, the only other vehicle line in F-Series is Super Duty, and Jim Farley has said specifically that Super Duty will be a vehicle that probably will not be electrified anytime soon because of the type of customers and their specific needs. So again, we don't quite know, but it it could be uh, maybe a lower level Super Duty. It could be a whole entire nameplate that we don't quite know about yet. And is there any sense then when Blue Oval City gets going what the pickup volume could be? I mean, I know they're talking about 150,000 Lightnings, and that would all just come from the Rouge, right? Exactly, yeah. They're shooting for a run rate of 150,000 Lightnings annually, get up to their next year, and then be running at it full steam after that. So once Blue Oval City opens, they have not talked about volumes there, but it's going to be a pretty big plant. I think something like uh, X percent greater than the Rouge, you can fit probably four or five, if not more, inside Blue Oval City, so there's going to have a lot of potential. Hannah, GM uh, was technically first on the board, uh, officially selling one GMC Hummer EV last year, uh, made it Project Zero, the plant in Detroit and Hamtramck. What are the next steps? When do the Silverado and Sierra EVs come out, and and do we have any sense of, of in what quantities? Sure. So, um, yeah, you're right. The GMC Hummer EV pickup went on sale late last year. They sold one unit in um, in December and continue selling it through the beginning of this year. Um, it's built at Factory Zero, which is an all EV plant. So a bit different from Ford's strategy. They're using GM is using its new Ultium battery platform to build all its EVs rather than relying on um, previous generation gasoline architecture. Um, so the Hummer EV pickup is on sale, and next in terms of pickups is the Silverado, which will also be built at Factory Zero to start, and that will be um, next year. So the fleet version will go on sale in the spring, followed by the retail version in the fall, the highest trim level of the retail version. And then later on, we will see um, more capacity at 
GM's Orient assembly for both the Silverado and the Sierra, the electric versions. GM has also uh, talked about uh, Canada, and it looks like they might be looking at Mexico. Do we think they could add yet another site for electric pickups? They could. I mean, they're targeting 600,000 um, in capacity for just these two plants, for Factory Zero and um, and Orion. So, so that's a lot. I mean, I think they might um, expand their EV portfolio in other ways. And they, they do have one more, a fourth um, Ultium battery plant that they haven't announced an, a location for. So that that may help us figure out um, their their landscape for EV manufacturing. So with that GMC Hummer, uh, they're clearly starting out at the, the very high end of the market. Uh, Mike, Ford also, with the Lightning, it has quite a range, including uh, high-end versions and you know as high up to $95,000. What do we know about the mix of production? Uh, I, I, my assumption would be you'd sell, that Ford would sell mostly eighty-five dollars to $95,000 Lightnings with only a few of the cheaper ones to prove that they can be done. Well, that's what it seems like traditionally happens in the industry, right, when you have a new vehicle launch. But so far, at least all we know of in these early weeks is that they've built about 2,000 trucks, and they've said they are going to prioritize commercial owners, fleet owners, first. So that's going to be the $40,000 or so Pro Series trim. Again, of those 2,000, we don't know how many, if that was all 2,000 of them, or if they're just going to send a couple trucks out to some businesses for a photo op and then build those $90,000 top-end ones. Yeah, 2,000 of the $40,000 trucks wouldn't kill them, but, uh, boy, selling them at uh, 90000 would sure help make up for some of those development costs and, and the battery costs that I'm sure are substantial. For sure. Uh, now, Hannah, Mary Barham made some, I think, raised some eyebrows last week, you know, pointing out that uh, GM was number one in the U.S. in full-size pickup sales the last two years, which I think was interesting because there was probably more attention paid to Ram outselling Silverado, uh, but yet in a quarter million Sierras a year, uh, that made the difference in the company race, GM versus Ford, and, and did so you know very profitably. Right. So the industry tends to think of it as F-150 versus Silverado and Ram, um, but GM thinks of it as Silverado and Sierra together. So that's how they count it. And the Sierra, um, GM has found a lot of opportunity, and especially in the past few years with really high-end trim levels, it's a big profit center for them. Um, this year, they're rolling out the Denali Ultimate. Um, which is even more high-end than the already super high-end Denali. So they're, they're really leaning on um, Sierra in particular for, for profits right now as they transition to EVs. So it was important for her to point out that they do lead if you count it that way. Yeah. You know, there's I'm sure there's some extra marketing costs in you know, maintaining both brands. But there's so much uh, synergy in the you know, development and a lot of the technology uh, there's, it's uh, obviously a, just a tremendously successful business uh, for GM having that GMC brand. And both are part of the electric truck future and present as well with Hummer being under GMC, um, Sierra will be under GMC, and then the electric Silverado uh, under Chevy. 
So is this really just a, a two-horse race between GM and Ford? Uh, you know, obviously Rivian is making some pickups, but they tend to be pretty high-end and they're still new to manufacturing. Elon Musk says Tesla will have its Cybertruck next year. Ram's looking at 2024. There's a, is there, there isn't anyone even close to talking about the numbers that GM and Ford are, correct? Yeah, I think it's a two-horse race when you talk about the volumes, and at least from Ford's standpoint, when they're thinking of customers, they're thinking of largely their traditional truck customers, people who are going to use this thing for work at job sites, carry and stuff. And if that Cybertruck ever gets built, it's not a traditional truck. It's not going to draw traditional truck customers. Uh, maybe some of the, the power specs you know, maybe quite impressive, maybe comparable in some cases, but they're just not the same use cases. Rivian, the R1T, that's for a niche luxury market. They have a nice add-on for a, a very expensive grill if you go camping. That's maybe not the same type of buyer that's going to be using an F-150. So the way Ford sees it, they're, you know, it's interesting you mentioned what Mary Barra said. Jim Farley made a point of saying at the lightning launch they expect to be number one in electric pickups so you know they don't want to give up any ground gm's coming with with more nameplates than them it's going to be a good race it'll be interesting to see ram as well because even though they're coming out later executives at stellantis have said um that could be an advantage for them they'll watch what uh ford and gm do and and kind of make some plans around that we know the domestic brands, I mean, they, they know what truck buyers want and need. And if they're really focused on this and you see the way GM and Ford are uh, really going after Ford, especially with its pro brand, really going after that business market, the professional users, uh, if they can find a way to make those vehicles profitably, there's no reason they can't dominate the electric versions just like they do the full-size pickups today. Well, I think the commercial market is really the key, both for Ford and GM, because when you're a fleet owner, you're not going to want to take a chance on a startup that's unproven. You're going to want to go with what you know and what has been successful. And a lot of these guys have been buying Chevys and F-150s for decades. Excellent. Thank you so much. It was great talking with you. And I uh, can't wait to see uh, what happens next in, this, uh, in the next round of battles of GM versus Ford. Thanks so much. Hannah, Mike, thank you so much. Thanks, Jamie. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. You can get the latest news on electric pickups, production plans, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Thanks to Nathan Kadick for editing today's show. Thanks to the Automotive News multimedia team and web editor Victor Galvan for their help. And thanks to you for listening and making the show part of your daily routine. Now, let's all get back to work.